what's up everybody? Welcome back, man. Come on inside. We've got lots of room. Grab yourself something to drink, something to eat. You can sit outside in the Canadian smoke if you want to, but we've got AC in here. So you might want to hang out inside tonight. And we're glad you took time to join us once again for another episode of the Musician's Cafe. My name is Brian Dick, and I'm here with a man as my co-host who knows how to celebrate great events. And tomorrow he'll be celebrating a very special one, his fourth wedding anniversary, Mr. Chris 88 Fingers Louis Gray. Chris, happy anniversary, and how are you, sir? Thanks, man. Looking forward to dinner tomorrow night, actually. Um, you know, as much as I love uh, our our newborn, we're going to get away from him there for a couple hours and, and have a good dinner. But, uh, yeah, you know, you said something about this Canadian smoke out there, man. I, see, I think it's actually just the aliens putting over some sort of you know, misdirection so they can yeah. take us all over. But that's just me. <laughs> Conspiracy theorists. Nobody else? Right. Just me? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. But uh, yeah, and, and also everybody's going to email me about the 88 Fingers Louie. You guys got to be my age and remember the Flintstones. All you got to do is Google it. You'll figure out how it ties into Chris's anniversary. So it's up to them on that. Google. Do I know how to use Google? <laughs> do you know how to use Google? Yes, I do. That's good. Man, we got some really... Cool guests along the way. Well, we got another one in line tonight. Maybe we just outdo ourselves, don't we, Chris? Yeah, man. I mean, it's coming up on 50, right? Yeah, it sure Shoot. enough is. We had this guy scheduled once before, but things happen and things change in people's schedules, but we weren't going to let him get out of our grasp. And we got him back in here tonight. We got Brent Funkhauser, man. Brent, how in the heck are you? I'm doing great. I'm so glad we were able to reschedule and get out here. Yeah, man, me too. We've been looking forward to this for a while, definitely. As have I. I'm very excited for this tonight. Yeah, how's it to be Brent Funkhouse right now? Everything going good? Everything's going great right now. I've got a lot of irons in the fire, trying to get a lot of projects off the ground, and yeah, looking forward to diving in and talking about that some tonight. Yeah, yeah staying busy is a good thing, especially uh, as a musician, and you know, you work in... in the uh, I'll say the entertainment industry, uh, and we'll talk maybe a little bit about that later. Uh, not the entertainment you guys are thinking of, so don't don't go there. Don't go there. Uh, anyway, hey, we're at episode forty nine, um, and we're so so excited. But hey, before we get to this interview, we got to talk about the menu. Brian, you got that? I do, Chris. Thanks, man. Uh, we hit that real quick. Tallyho Theater out at Leesburg is where we always start. This weekend's a comedy weekend, so uh, you know the music's a little thin. But hey, if you want to go get a laugh, go hit out there. But on Monday night, next Monday night, they got all you music lovers out there can make your way out and check out Mr. Pat Travers. Go for what you know. I've seen him several times, folks. He is worth the trip. I'm telling you, Pat is still getting it done. And that's on Monday night the 12th. So if you'd like to see him, that would be great. Hollywood Casino, same thing, Chris. Uh, Friday night, they've actually got a comedy night again. It's Rodney Carrington. You and I saw him, remember? Been there, done that. A lot of fun, too, right? It is. Yeah, man. Rodney's great. He had a TV show back in the day. It's pretty cool. So, yeah, definitely go check out Rodney. But then I want to go ahead and give a shout-out to the following weekend, Trace Atkins next Saturday night at Hollywood Casino. That would be a good show. The man with the country voice. Yeah. Have you seen him before, Brent? I have not, no. No. It'll be a lot of fun, though, I think. I know folks will probably make their way out there for that one. They still got tickets left, I saw. Bear Chase Brewery up on the mountain. Um, Friday night is going to be Jimmy Lee, our old buddy. So definitely go check him out. And then on the 10th, we have, is it Sharif? We've decided Sharif. It is Sharif. I want to make sure. Saying. Is that right, Brett? Do you know him at all? I'm not sure if I do, no. I don't know either, yeah. And Juliet, the Juliet Lloyd Trio is on Saturday. So make sure you make your way out to Bear Chase for that. Box Office Brewery this weekend. On Friday night, they have Shockwave, big band out of the valley. Got to make sure we get them on our show, by the way. 
And also on the Saturday night is the Excel Band. Now, I've never heard of them either. Do you recognize that? I, I'm not familiar with them, no. That was a it seems one. like there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of bands popping up that I don't I, know about right now. Have you heard of them, Chris? Yeah. I have not. Yeah, me either. It's a new one to me. Um, Troubadour Lounge and Park out there in beautiful Berkeley Springs, West Virginia. On Saturday night, have the Creekwater Band. And I know that's a regular band they have up there. I'm sure they're great. And they're outside, too, folks. So how cool is that? The Monument. Now, the Monument has a pretty big deal on Saturday night. Christian Lopez. And I've done a little research. He, you know, He's uh, an Americana-type music, sort of a blend of a bluegrass and Americana. He travels the nation. And uh, he's a big deal. Now, I haven't really heard a lot of his music, so I need to treat myself to that. But he's having an album release party at the Monument Saturday night. So that sounds like it'll be a lot of fun. That's a good spot to have an event like that. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm thinking, too. Backseat Event Center, um, Friday night, is the Davison Brothers Band. And they're having our friend Chad Laughlin uh, open up the show that night. So that's going to be a lot of fun. i got to give a shout-out to Backseat, too. I mean, I went there this past weekend for the very first time. I bought tickets to other events, but they were canceled. I finally made it out. And it was a great show, man. We saw Elizabeth Furnace and also Def Legend was there. And, man, it was a fabulous night. The venue's great. The service is great. The The stage and sound and lighting and everything is first rate. We are so lucky that we only have to drive 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes from our homes. And we can see great bands like Davison Brothers in our own hometown. Man, it's amazing. The only thing I was disappointed in, and this is a shout out to people that are my age. Where in the hell were you? There was 300, maybe 350 people there. That sounds like a lot, but that place can hold way more than that. And I'm looking around going, okay, folks, you know, this is our opportunity to, to thank Jerry for opening this place up. And it wasn't full. So it's summertime, folks. Go have fun. For 20 bucks, you can buy tickets to these shows. You can't go through a drive-thru at a fast food restaurant anymore for, anymore for two of you for less than 20 bucks. So get out and support the Backseat Event Center, please. They also have indoor fireworks. Yes. Did you see that? Wow. That's kind of cool. I saw that picture. It's on our Facebook if you guys yeah. didn't see it. Yeah, that surprised me, too. They had pyrotechnics, and I don't remember the last band I saw using pyrotechnics in a local club. You know what I mean? I don't know that I've ever actually seen it no, in a local it, venue. It, it used to be back in the day because I've smoked a few places. Yeah, out you have some experience, don't you? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it was cool. But I just uh, like I say, I know people are really happy about Backseat Event Center. I know other shows have been attended well. But to make this work for Jerry, we got to sell them all out. we got 150,000 people in this area between the city and the county. We can put 800 butts in, a seat, in the seats there easily. So let's do that, folks. I'm going to get off my soapbox now. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Piccadilly Public House on Friday night is Acoustic Soul. And then on the 10th, Saturday night, is Sons of Liberty. They're friends of the band, uh, band, friends of the show as well. So we got to get out and support them, too. We could be a band. We could be a band. You'd be good. I'd be <laughs> terrible, but it'd be, it'd be all right. Uh, Bright Box Theater. Uh, on Friday night, they have a show uh, with Second Chance with Spida JC and Trailer Trash Chris. Not me. I was going to say, is there any relatives? I've been called that before, <laughs> but it's not me. That's actually a really cool stage name, I think. Trailer Trash Chris, right? But anyway, it sounds like a lot of fun. Brightbox is good about bringing diversity, man. They bring all kinds of stuff in there, which is kind of cool. Um, the Paladin in Steven City tomorrow night has Jake Cohn. I haven't seen Jake around here lately. That's awesome. I know he's been busy. Yeah, traveling. Yeah, uh, right. North, south, um, you know, 
He's been busy. He has he's been, been really busy. He's even gotten so busy, he's got to have somebody take care of his bookings for him. Yeah, like, come on, man. Yeah, I know, right? Shoo, That's good busy. for you. And he's still in high school. How about that? Um, on Friday night is Brian Nichols. Brian, I've been reaching out to you, pal. Haven't heard back. So if you want to be a guest, we'd love to have you, Ben. And then on the tenth, uh, Mel and Jimmy, the Blackjack duo, are going to be at Paladin and Steven City, and they're always a lot of fun. So make sure you go see them. At P2 Friday night, I'm going to try to make my way by if I can. I want to see Adam Phelps, Six Strings and Bourbon. He's going to be hanging out. And then on Saturday night is the Ryan Thomas Band. And that's one I haven't heard of either. Have you? Haven't. Not me either. Didn't hear of that one, but I'm sure they're great. West Oaks Farm Market, Friday night. There are Friday nights at West Oaks. Uh, it is Ryan Thomas once again. That's his Friday night gig. And he's opening up for the Journey Tribute Band, Eclipse. And I heard they were a big hit the last time they were there, so... I think that'd be a lot of fun. They were. It was a busy night. Yeah. And they have some cool shirts, by the way. I'm wearing one. Uh, so you guys got to oh, get the new shirt for I 2023. That, it's oh, it's nice. a cornfield with a harvester on the back. Yeah. I turn around, but I definitely knock something over. Brett, you played out there, right? I actually haven't, no. What? Um, yeah. I, I talked with Dylan Wolfel about maybe getting connected out there, but I actually haven't gotten that to happen yet. I know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. So we'll see what <laughs> we can do for you on that, okay? Because he's, he's sitting here at the table, so we might be able to work something out for you. That's how this industry is built. Someone knows someone who knows someone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, as, as you as you mentioned, on Saturday, Dylan Wolf is going to be there at West Oaks during the afternoon. And on Sunday, it's going to be Jonathan Mitchum. So a big weekend at West Oaks. Johnny's there Sunday or Saturday? I believe it says, it says the 11th. No, that's good. I just didn't know. I, I think so. Sure. Yeah, yeah, Johnny's going to be there. We just talked about him. We're going to bring that up again, too. He's got to be on the show, too. Yeah, man. we got to get Johnny. Yep, for sure. Super nice guy. Yes. Yes. got to bring this up, too, folks. Uh, Museum of the Shenandoah Valley is having a Friday night show. If you've never been to one of those, it's a lot of fun. And then they have their regular, uh, I would say, house band there. The Robbie Lyman band is going to be there Friday night. They get a big old crowd out there. It's a great venue. Bring your chairs and go out and support Robbie. It's a great show out there at the Museum of the Shenandoah Valley on Friday night. And then I'm almost to the end. Let me take a breath. Um, the Cannon Fire Music Festival. Man, we had Jeannie with us last night, or last week, sorry, and Kenny, and they were the ones that are uh, going to be hosting this wonderful event. It's a country music festival over in Burkittsville, Maryland, and it's going to be at the Burkittsville Ruotan, and it's featuring many of the names that you've heard here on the show. Chris Hunt Jr., Zach Townsend, Lance Rogers, Dylan Wolfel, Jay Cohn, Trey Jett. Brennan Edwards the, and the Money Blues Band, Jonathan Mitchum, we just meant uh, just mentioned, along with Crosby Kofod, and then of course they're going to feature on Saturday the Low Water Bridge Band. Chris, one of your favorites, buddy. That's right. So again, it's I think the tickets are thirty bucks, thirty five bucks maybe, but you can bring your own cooler and you can bring your own chairs, and man, it just you know it's a good old weekend just to sit outside and enjoy some music and uh, and kind of kick back and do that. So please, I know it's a limited amount of tickets. So if you haven't got them yet, I'd be logging on real quick and making sure you're checking out the Cannon Fire Country Music Festival in Burkittsville, Maryland. Um, almost done. Mission Road Duo, i got to give a shout-out to Polly Coconuts. Their duo is going to be playing at the Wharf in D.C. on the 10th. That's Saturday night. So make sure you make your way down and see the duo. And uh, we got Mission Road coming up on our show in a couple of weeks. So I'm looking forward to that, too. So, man, I think that's it. That's it. You got a question today? I do. Oh, good. I do. I just realized on the way home, my questions, my trivia questions of the show, including this one, are all have all been about women. Mm. I don't know why that is. It just happened to work out that way. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's kind of a cool question. You might know this, Brent. Um, our question tonight is, name the first woman that was elected to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 
Ooh. I've yeah. got some guesses, but... Just throw one of them out. I am going to go with... <laughs> yeah, I know. There's so many to choose from, right? Yeah. How about you, Chris? You got a guess? Joan Jett? No, that's a good guess, but no. No, actually. Tina Turner? That's another really good mind. guess, but no. Neither one of those are correct, but yeah, everybody out there, think about it. When we get towards the end of the show, I'll give you the answer. I know how to use Google, so I'll check it out. Yeah, there. you should definitely do that. I know. That's what ruined <laughs> trivia, man. You know, we used to have so much fun with trivia. Now people just pick up their phone and go, I got the answer. So anyway. People get wild at trivia, though. They do. You know that. They do, because I think some of them aren't being honest. That's right. They are not. <laughs> All right, well, we've made it to episode 49, everybody. We're here with Brent. Brent, thanks again for making the trip. Um, you know, your trip is a little bit farther than uh, it may have been where you grew up. You're from um, Woodstock, right? Yep, grew up down in Woodstock. And now you live over on the other side of the mountain. Yep, what live I refer up about to. Uh, <laughs> the other side of the mountain. I like it. Yeah, no, over in uh, Fairfax County, over in Reston these oh, days. Nice. Been there about two years now. That's awesome. Well, man, your name has been popping up on our menu for a year now. Yes, we since are, we started. Yeah. Are we officially at a year of the podcast yet? Not yet. We're getting close. Yeah, almost. But, but it's been popping up as long as we've been having the podcast, and I think you guys have been talking about that long as well. So yep. we're glad to finally have you on here about you. Um, you know, I here recently, even within the last couple of weeks, we've seen you at some special gigs. We were just talking about, um, you know, the Bright Box having some awesome, diverse um, things going on because it, it's not always music the Bright Box has, but uh, of course, when you're there, it is. So, what's been going on lately? What's been keeping you busy so much? Yeah, I've been trying to get a couple things off the ground, including um, I think starting at Bright Box is a good way to go. Over the since the start of this year, I've been working on developing this series of songwriter around events. Are you all familiar with like the Nashville songwriter around concept? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. okay. For the listeners, if you're not familiar, it's where there are four acts, typically four acts on stage at the same time, sitting in a row, and each of them going down the line, um, playing a song, talking a little bit about it, and then going to the next person. Yep. And so I've been trying to develop a series of events that are based on that concept, and also adding like a little bit of an interview personal flair to it, so we can kind of like peel back the layers of like who these artists are, how they think about songwriting. So I've curated questions that I asked them too as well and asked to the group. But we just staged one of these at Brightbox Theater with Dylan Wolfel, Annie Stokes, and Taylor Lefevre. Um, I held one down at Pearl Street Warehouse in D.C. back in January with Sam C. Jones, Jillian Matundin, and this great folk duo called Quiet the Mountain. And yeah, now, now that I've kind of gone like the kind of gotten that off the ground and started doing these i'm trying to just like really build out the series um recently i decided like on a new name change new rebranding for it to be a thing called the traveling round where basically what i want to do is go around to different locales and find the best talent from those areas get them together for a writer's round and all perform together and then just keep on taking this show to different communities throughout virginia and beyond Dude, that's so cool, though, um, yeah. because you don't see that anymore. You know, you, like you said, you see it in Nashville. You see the videos of it, uh, some of these songwriters. And, of course, you see all like the, the behind-the-scenes videos of songwriters writing in Nashville, stuff like that. But I don't think people who are outside of that realm understand or really appreciate the art that you guys do each and every day. And that's so cool that you – so you are actually the organizer of these events. 
Yeah, that's correct. And then you, so you reach out to venues and say, hey, look, I got these, uh, myself and three other guys. Can we get a show? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much the whole process. Get together a bill of people, reach out to the venues, let them know what the show is going to be, and then just, yeah, just try and organize it, come up with great questions to ask these people to just like really get to the core of who they are as artists, as songwriters, everything. And and to your point, too, yeah, like I think the the writer's round concept, you really don't see it outside of Nashville these days. I have a lot of musicians that I see like in my social media feeds that are traveling to Nashville to do these events. I'm like, why is that only a Nashville thing? Right. That can yeah. be anywhere. Sure. In today's world, it certainly can. You've, I've actually heard some of the feedback of the one that you had at Brightbox. It's very, very positive. People went and had a great time just sort of hearing the background stories. Are you finding a good reaction when you're doing this, at, like at DC and stuff like that? Yeah, we've gotten positive reactions from each one. I've also, like, just from the audience, and then I've also heard from artists afterwards. They're like, hey, if you're ever doing this again, I'd love to be a part of it. So it seems like there's a lot of interest in this concept. And they've been, both ones we've hosted have been pretty well attended. All the audience has been very... Um, yeah, just very engaged with it. It's gotten some great feedback. I'm of, a, I'm of an age, Brent, where, you know, the thought of getting uh, even, you know, singer-songwriters from different groups or the groups together on the stage, there's no way in the world that would have worked. There would have been way too many egos and way too many, you know, sort of, I'm not going to share my stage with anybody else. But that's changed, haven't it? People, you guys have a network system, singer-songwriters, don't you? And you kind of, keep in touch with one another right yeah i'd say that's pretty accurate honestly i think there are a lot of people that i I think it's gotten to a point where the singer songwriter craft is such just like a niche thing that even though there are like a great number of people out there that are doing it it's still like it's very own specific thing so we all kind of tangentially know each other if there's someone else in like a local community that's doing singer songwriter type material they probably or I've probably heard of them. All the other singer-songwriters in the area have probably heard of them. And even if we haven't met, we're aware of who you are. That's cool. And that's kind of been the magic of the internet as well, too, because I'll just be on Facebook and I'll see, like, my in my recommended friends, it's like, okay, here's a guy with a guitar. Oh, says he's a singer-songwriter. Oh, eight of my friends know him. He's probably someone that I want to get to know. Right, sure. And, and it, from what I understand, what you told me, you've got site plans maybe in – Harrisonburg and maybe Richmond for one of these things, right? Yeah, so actually some news with that right now. So the next one we have planned is for Vienna, Virginia, and I actually just got this confirmed today at Jam and Java with uh, Jonathan Mitchum, who you mentioned earlier, as well as Melissa Quinn Fox, who won all three country categories in the Whammies Awards, DC's like Area Music Awards this past year, as well as uh, Annette. Annette Waslick, I hope I'm pronouncing her last name properly, um, but who's also like a charting folk musician um, who I actually met at the first one of these we did at Pearl Street Warehouse. She approached me afterwards and then ended up running into her in a conference down in North Carolina, a folk music conference a couple weeks ago. And so we got all that together, but that just was confirmed today for August 31st. We're working on one in Harrisonburg for September 22nd and just trying to get final word from the venue. But we're going to have Reverend Bill Howard from the Judy Chops, uh, Rebecca Porter, and Corey Lynn Green, 
if you don't know Rebecca, you definitely, y'all should definitely try and get her on the show. She might be the most connected person in Virginia's singer songwriter scene wow, right now. Okay. Yeah. And Corey Lynn Green just, it was a finalist in the, I don't know if you all are familiar with the new song leaf uh, con competition. It's like a songwriting competition that they run out of North Carolina every year. She was one of the finalists in it this year. So I'm really excited about that lineup as well. Wow, Some cool. really great, great performers. I had to look up, but I think I do follow Rebecca Porter uh, on Facebook. So that's why I think I got her from maybe one of your posts or something. It's possible. Yeah. So uh, this is just one of your projects, right? Um, the traveling round. And that's the traveling round, right? Yep, I got that that's correct. correct. Um, tell me a, bit, a little bit about this video session series. And then we're going to get into... Brent Funkhauser. Don't worry. We're going to talk yeah, about okay. you. <laughs> Tell me about this project first. What's this video session series about? Well, first off, these like uh, the all these projects are just an extension of me. So we're we're already getting into it. But uh, yeah, so this is a very new thing. This is something that we're I'm just trying to start getting off the ground. Um, so I work in my day job in like media production. So I do like. I do podcast editing, social media video editing, things like that. This was the entertainment business yeah. I was telling you about earlier. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've been trying to find a way to like take that skill set and apply it to other things I like and also do it in a way that maybe supports the um, – helps support Virginia's local singer-songwriter scene, which, again, is something I'm very passionate about. And also in a way to maybe can be an extension of the traveling round series that I'm trying to develop. Um yeah, and I had this conversation before the writers' round that we had in Winchester with uh, Taylor Lefevre, who was one of the artists that was performing that day. He's also an old friend of mine. Uh, we went to high school together, and despite the fact that we've like sat together and played music countless times, this was actually the first time we had done a real show together. Gotcha. But uh, we got dinner beforehand, and we were talking about it. And he's been doing a lot of stuff with. Um, He's been doing like a lot of stuff with audio production, both in record and, and live settings. And I've been f trying to find a way. I'd had this idea in my head for a long time of like trying to go out and do like recorded video sessions with singer songwriters. And so we started talking about this concept. Um, that night it didn't really go anywhere, but I started like gauging interest from people. I heard, and then he reached out to me and just said, Hey, if you are going to try and do this, let me know. Um, yeah, and that just kind of led to we've been talking about. It's not something that we've like officially started yet, but it's something that I think we're going to try kicking off here on June 30th. We're going to cool. do like a test round with this uh, down in Woodstock. And yeah, hopefully long term, what we want to do is turn it into like a web series with like maybe three different artists performing songs on it uh, once a month. And then just try and get like some really high quality video assets for it. Do it to support the local artists, give them like a free video of it. Do it to support the local venues, give them like some social media assets out of it. Just really try and like support the local singer songwriter community because there's a lot of great talent coming out of this area, especially right, right now. I mean, I, I think some of the artists that we have coming out of the Winchester and area, Shendo Valley in general, uh, at this point in time are amazing that that kind of leads me into my question i was and it sounds like a silly question in a way brent now that you've gone through all that but chris and i's idea for starting this podcast was the sort of groundswell that we saw of performers and artists and sort of venues and you're feeling the same thing then because you're seeing avenues of being able to get singer songwriters you know places to play and sort of showcase them 
So you're feeling that same sort of thing we did then, right? Absolutely. You know, I remember about like seven, eight years ago or so, I was a young guy and I was just like starting to play around in this area. And there were people that were doing it, but it was a lot of the, I I felt like it was a lot of the older generation at the time that was kind of doing it. But nowadays, I mean, we have people like Jake Cohn, Brendan Edwards, um, Dylan Wolfel that are coming out of the Winchester scene right now that are just like these great young musicians that are writing and recording amazing music. And yeah, I, I've wanted to be involved in this scene for a long time and it's amazing to see the way it's grown up in the past couple of years. Wow. Very cool. And they're recording things and putting them out there regularly. You know, I, I just realized this, uh, most recently with Chris Hunt Jr. Uh, they record a song and it's freaking on Facebook or YouTube immediately. And that's so cool. Um, that any more people aren't extremely concerned with folks, you know, stealing their ideas. It's just getting their ideas out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's really cool now. And I think that's the thing that people connect to is the raw authenticity of it. Um, I used to work for, I don't know if y'all know who Grady Smith is. He's like a YouTuber that like yeah. reviews country music. Yeah. yeah I, I did like production assistant work for him for about a year. Did you? Yeah. And we had, a, we had a lot of conversations about just like, the best thing that an artist can do right now is just film themselves on their phone, put it up on Instagram, put it up on TikTok, whatever. Just when you write a song and you know it's good, just get it out there for the world because people will connect to it. Yeah, that's that dude that hates yeah. the the uh, clap track <laughs> yep, on country songs. Yeah, I yeah. watched that video of his. That's probably maybe his most famous one. But uh, uh, definitely, yeah. That's very cool. All right. So as Chris mentioned, we're going to rewind a little bit now. We've gotten some of your some of your efforts that you're that you're working on right now and we want to you know definitely make sure we at the end of the show we want to make sure we let people know how to reach out to you about those things but in the meantime i want to rewind you grew up in woodstock virginia correct that's correct all right so when did your musical prowess start brent did you start really young did you pick it up later in life how did that work out for you it's funny. I, I have a really distinct memory of being like four or five years old and saying at my grandmother's house that I hated music. Oh, and, no. and you would never guess that this is, if you had seen that, you would never guess that this is what I would be uh, so invested <laughs> in these days. Um, but growing up, I was always surrounded by music in my house. My dad played guitar. Um, my brother tried to learn guitar. Um, <laughs> I mean, he did, but just... Okay, I'm not going to throw shade at him right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. Uh, my parents were really into music, though. Like, I grew up hearing them talking with their friends about, like, going to these different shows and all these stories behind different bands. They were big into Almond Brothers, Tom Petty, um, Gordon Lightfoot, a lot of these just, like, great classic bands. And I would grow up hearing all these stories about these artists. And that kind of ignited my fascination within maybe about the time I was 10 years old. My brother taught me how to play um, Wake Me Up When September Ends on on his uh, old first act acoustic guitar. And I asked my dad if he could teach me how to play. He did a little bit. Then my mom signed me up for some guitar lessons and I was off to the races. Right. Then about, uh, I guess I was probably like 17 or so. I started playing out and doing these acoustic gigs. I joined a band in my high school, um, played a little bit around the area, and then I just really caught the bug. And then when I was about 20 or so, I just started really like tunnel visioning on this. So 
2018, I played like 70 shows. 2019, I did like 80. There you go. COVID yeah. hit. That all dropped off. Um, and then it was really slow for a while just because, you know, no one was doing live music. And another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kind of at that time, I was going through a little bit of like a personal crisis where I was like, do I really want to keep on doing this right now? Is this something that I want to devote all my time to? But right. I kept coming back to it was the thing. It was like, even when I had these kind of moments of doubt of whether I want to really keep on doing this, I just kept on coming back to it. Um, and so, you know, tw- mid 2021 through like 2022, things start picking back up again and just I think in the past year, like I've really just been beating the pavement as much as I possibly can, just yeah. trying to connect with different people in the local music community, trying to get out and play as many gigs as I can without, you know, like sacrificing everything else in my life <laughs> along with it. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, welcome to the same decision every musician yeah, has to make at some point. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> but let's talk about this a little bit because you just mentioned Green Day and that's you don't play Green Day. You don't write songs like Green Day. <laughs> How did that happen? You know, I, I don't actually know the good, a good answer for that. I think it was just it was a popular song at the time, and um, I my brother knew how to play it, and you know I looked up to him, and he taught me how to play it, and I wanted to learn. Maybe Guitar Hero was a bit of an influence for that as well, because I was really into that yeah. video game at the time as well. Yeah. So, so how did you find your roots then in Americana? Because that's that is your bread and butter, and specifically, I know there's an interest for you in Virginia Americana, and what people may not appreciate or know that Americana changes, you know, as you move down south and going into Kentucky and farther west, like it's different music. But what got you interested in that Americana in the first place? Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned, my parents were really into these, like you know, big rock and folk artists from the seventies. Um, when I was growing up and, you know, also people like the outlaws and Bruce Springsteen. And uh, I mean, I've heard so much Marshall Tucker band <laughs> in my day. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> more, more than most people my age could probably say. I hear yeah. some of um, it in your music. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm not even sure if that's a conscious thing, but I'm sure it like seeps in there. Um, but yeah, I think the real big turning point for me was maybe around 2013 or 2014. I heard Southeastern by Jason Isbell. And that was when I really honed in. I was like, okay, this is an insanely great album. This is like next level songwriting. And I still feel that to this day. To this day, it's still one of my, if not my favorite album. And so that led me down a whole path of like finding all these other Americana artists. And, you know, growing up in Shenandoah County here in the Valley, 
it, it's kind of the Americana almost feels kind of natural, you know, um, small rural community in the middle of the mountains. It kind of, it wasn't very hard to find my own voice within that setting and within that genre of music right, because right. of that. Wow. And so when you picked that up, then what, what age were you about when you started to evolve into this Americana talent? How old were you at that point? I guess I was probably, it's a good question because like, I started getting really into it when I was maybe about like 16 years old. Okay, that's pretty young then. Yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 okay. But I was also like, there was a lot of other stuff I liked at the time. Like, I loved a lot of classic rock. I played um, in a cover band that we did like Led Zeppelin. And I was actually in high school a massive fan of The Doors, which no one would guess um, if they heard my music now. But that was like, I was all in on that for about two years. And that, that, fascination has kind of faded a little bit but um yeah i i think probably around the time maybe i was like 19 or 20 was when i really was like okay the americana thing is what i want to keep on is that right yeah yeah Yeah. that's your journey i mean that's that's sort of your footsteps to get where you are now yeah figuring out who you are yeah that's normal yeah you gotta try out a lot of different stuff too and it doesn't mean like i don't like those genres anymore um one of the things i always say is like it doesn't matter to me if it's like if it's Hank Williams or if it's Kendrick Lamar, it's like, if someone is telling their authentic story through music, I'm into it. I want to hear it. Yeah. I, I just love really good, um, strong music. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I agree too. I, all you got to do is listen to what I listen to at the gym, right? It's, it's just, it's what you listen to in your spare time and you find yourself interested in and you're like, dang, I'm all over the place and, and that's okay. <laughs> I, and I really think, like I said, when I hear your music, I really feel like I hear a lot of that 70s come out in it. The 70s rock come out in your music, but it's Americana at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I'm the same way as you. I didn't really come into the Americana vibe here until the last couple years, actually. Uh, and I'm in love with it. Something that's interesting, though, and just crossed my mind when, you know, you were talking about, you know, it was a phase or whatever. Uh, and then you moved out of it and got into the Americana. Do you feel like the Americana is going to last forever? Do you feel like you're going to phase back into something else? I mean, Brian's never phased out of rock and roll. So, I mean, that he nope. still has a stink face on <laughs> Yes, I do. I mean, I think in terms of what I'm performing, I feel like I'm going to be in Americana for a long time, if not forever. That's really just what I'm passionate about. But in terms of like what I like listening to, That's I'm going to continue right? to it. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to continue to evolve and explore new areas. I mean, when I on my drive over here, I started with um, Justin Towns Earl and ended with um, Chef Raekwon from the Wu Tang Clan. There you so go. <laughs> I get a little yeah, all over the place. That is definitely <laughs> for sure. So on your travels, doing your thing now, you're playing 70, 80 shows. You've had to play at some pretty cool places. Throw out a handful of them that you've just have great stories about or memories of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one like just really big opportunity that I've had over the years was to play, and I've actually had this twice, was playing down at the Shenandoah Valley Music Festival in Orkney uh, Springs, yeah, Virginia, yeah. opening for the first time I was opening for Judy Collins. Nice. Um, I got to meet her right before, uh, yeah, right before I went on, and um, then the second time was opening for Phil Vassar, who that was actually the third time I've opened for Phil. Really? Um, yeah, wow. I, I'd opened for him a couple times down in Harrisonburg, but... Uh, Part of the reason those were so special was because, like, you know, I, I'd grown up around that. 
Um, I'd been to like a few uh, Shenandoah Valley Music Festival events as a kid. Sure. And then actually one summer, a couple of years ago, I was interning there. Um, I was the production intern for the music festival. So to get to play there a couple of times too. I mean, like, yes, you can look at that and say like, okay, you had that connection. It was pretty easy to yeah. get to, you know, to get connected there. But at the same time, it's like, it was meaningful and special to me. And I know Dennis who runs the festival would not have put me up there if he didn't believe like that. I could actually do a good job. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. People that haven't been to that don't understand how big a deal that is. That's a big deal. It is. Yeah. It's a, it's a really great event and great program. I highly recommend it. And they bring a lot of great music, a lot of variety, a lot of stuff that you might not see. Um, yeah. That you just might not see on the standard circuit sometimes. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How about other places? Yeah, a couple of years ago, and this is another story I kind of like to tell, is I was up in uh, New York playing at, there was a festival on Governor's Island called the um, called Porch Stomp that they do every year, where they have like different artists out on the historic porches that they have on the island. Oh, cool. So I was playing at that, and then I was playing at Rockwood Music Hall the next day, and I had like the night, so I was playing like an afternoon set at Porch Stomp. I had the next night free, and I was just like, I don't know what to do with myself. I traveled up there solo. I was supposed to have a friend come with me, but he ended up having to back out at the last minute. I'm like, okay, I'm in New York City by myself. What am I going to do tonight? And so I started looking up concerts that were in the area, and John Prine was playing over in Webster Hall. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and I... I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to this, but it was like, it was already eight o'clock. Uh, Kelsey Walden was opening and she was like, certainly already on stage at that point. But I'm like, I'm going to get over there, pull up in my rot or in like the Uber that I took over there. Big sign on the marquee, John Prine sold out. Wow. And I was just like, well, I'm already here. I might as well go up to the box office and ask. So I go in and I just asked him, I was like, is there anything like, is there anything left? And through like the little slot, she hands me a mark or a um, a comp ticket. So I got to go see John Prine for free in New York City. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, this was in 2019 too. So it was one of his last tours. And I I think back sometimes. I'm just like, if I had not been up there doing that, just like playing a gig, I may never have gone to see John Prine him, live. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's still one of my favorite shows I've ever seen. I mean, he just he even at that age, because I believe he was 71 years old at that point. Um, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, he danced off stage at the end of Lake Marie. Wow. Um, it was, yeah, you could tell he just still loved doing it, and it was beautiful to watch. You know, most people, or a lot of people, would have got out of the car, saw that, and said, oh, yeah, I'm going to take my ride back. But you had the courage to go at least ask. That was awesome. <laughs> I had nothing to lose at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I found John Prine way too late in life. Um I mean, just within the last couple of years, I, he died how long ago? It was uh, April 2020. Okay. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, it was probably just before then. Mm-hmm. Wow. But, I mean, so let's talk about some of those influences. John Prine's a great songwriter influence. Um, and you were talking about Jason Isbell. Now, that's the second time he's, second or third time he's come up on the podcast pretty heavily. And this dude's wild, right? I mean, oh, yeah. as, as far as songwriting goes, um, I've seen some of those reaction videos like you're talking about, um, not necessarily uh, Grady Smith, but others on YouTube who were j- just dumbfounded by Jason's talents. Where do you get your um, your influences specifically for your songwriting? It, it, do you get it from people or do you get it from, from events or how does that work for you? 
Oh man, that's a really good question. Um, it's a variety of different stuff, um, typically, but I try to kind of like blend the lines between the personal and maybe stuff that's more like storytelling and abstract. I, and I'm going to quote Jason Isbell again. There was something I'd seen him, uh, write a long time back. That was along the lines of when you go into a record store, there's not a fiction and a nonfiction section. It's just, it's just there. there. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so I've tried to kind of, I've thought about that a lot and tried to adhere that to um, my songwriting philosophy. And one of the things that I've really tried to do is just been like, this is maybe a situation that I've been in, but what if I turn that situation on its head and I'm speaking maybe from the other person's perspective? Or what if I'm inserting this other situation that happened into this and combining them and seeing how that would make the different parties within it react? Um, Yeah, I, I try and just... I, I think I'm mostly inspired by stuff in my life, but I also try and pull stuff that I've, you know, I've read, stories I've seen, yeah, things like that. Just big conglomerate, big soup of different stuff. <laughs> Telling stories for sure. That's for sure. You've been busy doing a lot of songwriting, right? Very yeah, busy definitely. here recently. Yeah, definitely. Um, I try and write as much as possible. Probably, probably like three or four mornings every week. I'm writing, writing, and I'm not always. Uh, I'm not always turning out gems, but it's good to be in the habit of it. Right. And then also just been working on releasing some of the better songs that I've been yeah. writing over that period right now, too. Yeah, you, you kind of gave us a heads up about that, too, a little bit. Um, you had mentioned you've got one that you're going to release very soon, and, and it's called We Get By. Do I have that right? Yep, that's correct. Man, tell us about that. Yeah, so We Get By was, I got, I guess I should give a little backstory here. Was, I, I mentioned earlier there was a period in time where I was kind of just like, a little bit down about the music thing and um, really didn't want to, I I just wasn't sure where I wanted to keep on going with it. And I had a conversation with my aunt actually, where she was like, well, why aren't you sending your music to like a and R's? Why aren't you sending your music to people in Nashville? And it really took me aback because it was just like a conversation I was not expecting to have with her. Yeah, right. And that somehow like really re-energized me into wanting to do music again. And so I got into this period where, you know, I just said like I write maybe like three or four mornings a week. But I was like writing every single day at this point in time. Um, And so this song came out of that period. It's an expression of pretty much unwavering optimism. I consider myself like just a very generally optimistic person um always kind of thinking even when stuff is looking bad it's like the light is right around the corner right things might not be as bad as they seem and things will get better and so this is a story song it's not necessarily based on personal experience but the feeling in it is real gotcha and so it you did say something about uplifting, and I noticed the first thing you see when you look on your website is achingly uplifting. Mm-hmm. Where'd that come from? <laughs> a- achingly up- uplifting. Yeah. Like saying, yeah. I can read English, right? Yeah. You, you <laughs> I had to look right. at that word a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think what that is kind of referring to is just that I, I feel there's a lot of passion in the music that I write. Um, and maybe there, I dig into like a little bit of the pain in some of the songs I write, but it's always kind of meant to fit into that optimistic spirit, you know, trying to always just like be uplifting, I guess. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, you should trademark that. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a pretty good slogan, I think. Yeah. yeah. I definitely see a t-shirt in that too. 
Yeah, or you two, could. or yeah. two, a hat or something. Yeah, you could do I, that. I hadn't thought about that. That could Got be some nice. merch going there for you. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> so if you guys haven't done it yet, um, where we got a bunch of this information is, is brentfunkhauser dot com. Um, but man, we got to hear you sing some. Can we yeah. do that? Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, he brought um, his guitar with him, Chris. I know, and it's a beautiful Martin over there. Yeah, um, love this guitar. Play whatever you want, man. Um, if you want uh, something new, something old, uh, one of each, whatever, we're here for uh, for you. What are you thinking? Yeah, absolutely. How about I do? How about I do two songs here, if that's cool with you? Yeah, all. yeah, I love it. So this is the first song I put out earlier this year. It's called Blackberries, and it's kind of just about like growing stuff, both in the sense of like it uses a lot of like agricultural and naturalist metaphors, but it's cool. also like. More about like personal development and growth in it, and then after that, I'll uh, I'll play. We get by. Hey. All right, sounds good. I'll make the roses bloom, dead on the heat of June. Deliver them with a pink balloon to make you smile. I'll make them flowers grow, sudden floods a foot of snow. You'll never have to guess. You'll know. Got what it takes I'll grow a wide bounty Golden corn and an apple tree Take your child and plant every seed To keep you fed I'll process reap and sow Drops come and the rain it goes Dig deep and make the well flow That's what it takes We I see it if I can't give you what you need Why don't you run through the thicket for a man boy like me I'd pick a thousand blackberries Make you be bomb tea Got a bouquet in my right hand Put a hammer in the one that's free And I'd pick the orchard's fruit Scrape the sulfur spuds and roots Spin the cotton and sew the suits Make it all from scratch I'll hand cut all the wood Measure twice and sand it good Build a house where the oak once stood That's what it takes We I see it If I can't give you what you need you run through the thicket for a mound boy like me I'll pick a thousand blackberries Make you be bomb tea Got a bouquet in my right hand Put a hammer in the one that's free Now do it all for you Burn away the digitaria Love stuff the cornucopia Know you would too See what I love can yield Every day, year after year Hops grabbing in the plains and fields That's what it takes Way I see it If I can't give you what you need Why would you run through the thicket For a mountain boy like me I'd pick a thousand blackberries Make you be bomb tea Got a bouquet in my right hand Put a hammer in the one that's free Got a bouquet in my right hand Put a hammer 
my Brent Funkhouse, everybody. How great was that? Very cool, Chris, right? I'm excited, man. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. I've heard it, uh, of course, on, on um, Spotify and, and everywhere. You have it online, but I haven't heard it live yet. Yeah, yeah man. Definitely a little bit different. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad y'all liked it. Yeah. You said that was from earlier this year. You put that one together. Yeah, that one's out on a Spotify and Apple Music right now. I recorded it out at a Sleepy Hollow Student Sleepy Hollow Studios in Herndon, Virginia. Um, yeah, did a great job on that. Uh, that studio, they were they're fantastic. That's cool. Now, is that where you normally record, or is it just wherever's closest, or how's that work for you? Yeah. So when I moved up to that area, so I've only been living up there about two years now. I kind of just decided, I was like, well, I want to experiment. I want to go out to a couple of different studios, try different places, meet different people. And so they were the first place I went, and so I record two songs there. Um, that song and another song I just put out called Nighttime Song. And gotcha. then I tried out this place over in Alexandria called Crab Shack Music, who I've now recorded three songs with, including We Get By, which I'm going to play here next. Yeah. And... They're just a really like kind of fun, scrappy, creative, um, creative group over there, and I really like the guys that run it. Um, yeah, no, they, I, I really love that I got connected with them and love what they've done for my music too. That's cool. Good. We're ready for another one, man. If you got the time, we. This love is you. brand new, right? You haven't yeah, released yeah. this at all. Yeah. No, this is coming out here. This is gonna be out on Friday the twenty third. So it's gonna be. Coming out real soon, just not yet. <laughs> awesome, awesome. We're looking forward to it. But a very special sneak peek on the Musicians Cafe yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah, thanks, Brent. Yeah. Have you gotten a lot of sneak peeks like this in the past, or just a couple? Just a couple. Just okay, a couple. cool. Yeah. So thank you. Well, I'm glad to do it. Brent Funkhauser, everybody. This bed's in need of change, and dear, it's so that I'm in pain. A Kickstarter campaign Workers' comps been running out And I've got no way to earn More broke than my bones But I'm sure I stone And thinking that luck's gonna turn We get by, we get by Feeling low and a little bit high We get by, we get by Well, the rent is coming due Scrape the change out from the cushions, dear And we might just make it through Got bread in the freezer, beans in the cupboard And a Stouffer's TV meal Slim pickings for sure, but it don't underscore How fortunate I feel We get by, we get by Feeling get by, we get by, grace of high levels and man in the sky. It might be a while till we see peso, It's a new moon, babe, but through that darkness, the dawn's bound to be bright. One of these days, we'll pull out a 
at a time We get by, we get by Feeling low and a little bit high We get by, we get by Grass of high numbers and man in the sky We get by, we get by Feeling low and a little bit high We get by, we get by Grace of high numbers and man in the sky Thank you so much. Unreleased music. Yes. You uh, heard it here first, guys. Who cannot relate to that song? Holy cow. It's about being humble and being grateful for, you know, what we have. It's yeah. awesome. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I the way I see it is like, we only have so much guaranteed in life. Might as yeah, well be yeah. thankful for what you do have and what you can control. Yes. Well, and you know what I think is so great about that? And it didn't hit me until you just said it, but... Um, how many songs are written about being grateful and happy for what you have, but yours is different. Oh, well, thank you. And that's what's so great. That's what's so great about being a songwriter, you know? And and I know you feel it, too, that you feel like all these other people who have come before you, the John Prines, the Jason Isbells, uh, I mean, the Hank Williams, all these people have written songs about things um, that you want to write songs about. Mm -hmm. But the good thing is you can do it differently. Yeah. And yeah. that's just what keeps music music, right? That's a really cool way of looking at that. Yeah, it's like everyone... I mean, there are all these greats that come before us and that we're certainly like drawing influence from, but only you can be you. Right. I exactly. love it. Yeah, that's great. So we got that release coming up on June 23rd. What else is ahead for Brent Funkhauser this summer? What's going on? Where are you headed? What are you doing? Yeah, let's see. Um, <laughs> It's a little bit up in the air right now, you know? I've got a lot of gigs planned out. Um, Any close by? Yeah, let's see. I'm. I put you on the spot. I'm yeah. sorry, you don't have your calendar in front of you. I can pull it up though. At least yeah, well, what, I, just at least give, what I have on Maybe you give a next show or something. Yeah, if you know what sounds it is. good. Um, next show is going to be. I'm actually playing over in Reston tomorrow night at Makers Union. Then Friday, Old Six Ninety Brewing out in Purcellville. and then Saturday, one of my favorite places, Earps Ordinary. It's in Fairfax. It's this great little place where it's very music focused. It's not exactly a listening room, but it's much more of a listening room than your typical like kind of bar gig is going to be. Okay. Um, and they're actually a big part of the reason why like I've been able to get connected with so many people up there. I'm very thankful to Michael and Joanne and Josh who run the place up there. Right. But yeah, got a lot coming up. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, some more stuff out here in the valley sometime soon. Man, though. for sure. We're, We're excited for you. Man. Yeah. yeah, like I said, uh, you've been on our on our menu several times and. It's not going to be the last time. So uh, we'd like to have you back at some point. Um, absolutely. So uh, when you release some new music, let us know. Will do. And we'll yeah, get another, come back. We'll get another sneak peek in here. Right? Yeah. What did we miss? Did we miss anything that you want to get out there for the folks to hear about? How do they get in touch with you, too? Make sure we know that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, my email address is brent at redmoonrecordings.com. Uh, Red Moon Recordings, I have a lot of people asking me this. It's not a studio. It's not a record label. It's just kind of what I put all my stuff underneath. Um, yeah, I'm also just on Instagram and Facebook. at like If you look up Brent Funkhauser, you're going to find me. There's one other Brent Funkhauser. He lives over in Front Royal, but I don't think there are any others besides us. Oh, okay, <laughs> cool. And then, uh, 
Yeah, the one other thing I do, and I haven't been as frequent with this recently, but I run a playlist trying to promote other uh, Americana and Roots artists in Virginia. It's called the Rising Virginia Americana Playlist. You can find it on Spotify. I was updating it weekly for a while. It's turned into a little bit more like monthly, just as my attention has been divided 15 more different ways sure. over the past couple weeks. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's been a great way to promote music from the state, which I'm really passionate about. And just get to know a lot of other great singer songwriters actually um dylan and annie who i had at the uh, writers round in, at bright box i met both of them from just like trying to find music for that playlist and then connected with them afterwards so wow. it's kind of fun how those things can happen i did check out that playlist right before this show awesome so thank you thank you for doing that i mean that's a service to people who you know you're not going to make a penny off of that but it's just because you love it yeah, absolutely. And I, I just hope it helps other people like discover music from great local and regional artists and help those artists like maybe connect with some other people throughout the state too. Right, right. Well, my goodness. Man, Brent, thank you so much for coming out this evening, sharing your craft with us, sharing your thoughts, sharing your knowledge and all the things that go along with you. We appreciate your time so much, man. I appreciate yours, Brian, Chris. Thank you all so much for having me on the show tonight. This was great. I had a fantastic time. Absolutely. Did you have a good time on the other side of the microphone for once? I I did, actually. Yeah, it was nice to not be in the editing (laughs) chair, but actually just uh, be talking into the microphone. Uh, You have to critique it after it's all over. Make sure we're doing it right, too. (laughs) I can do a full audit of your old system or whatever. (laughs) Please don't. I I won't. Well, Chris, man, we're about ready to wrap this thing up for sure. Uh, but before we go, i got a couple of things i got to knock out of the way. Um, right. First of all, we'll get back to that trivia question. Uh, the question at the beginning of the show was, who was the first woman to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And you guys guessed Tina Turner and Joan Jett. Both good answers, but it was actually the Queen of Soul herself, Aretha Franklin. Aretha. Yeah, she was the very first lady. And so, uh, you know, I definitely can see how that could happen. Because uh, she's deservedly in the Hall of Fame. So that's pretty cool. Ruth Franklin, the answer. So thank you very much, everybody, for out there playing along. Chris, you got anything else, brother? I'm good, man. Y'all just check out Brent, brentfunkhauser.com. There's merch. There's music. This guy is great. So don't go anywhere. Um, stick with us here. We got so many more episodes coming your we way. Do. Next week, we got DJ Offie. We're looking forward to that. So make sure you tune in for that. Uh, in the meantime, if you find yourself traveling down the road and you're in the left lane... Gently reach up and give your right hand turn signal and move to the right lane, please. Because if you don't, you're rude and annoying, and I don't like it. So get out of the left lane if you're just cruising. Don't forget to check us out on MusiciansCafe1 at gmail.com and also on Facebook as well, folks. Thank you so much for joining us this evening, and until we meet again, peace. 